Hi, welcome back to another Prospector Political Podcast. My name is Brendan Burke, and I'm joined here today with copy editor Olivia Kim for The Prospector. And today we're just going to be having a political discussion about the third and final presidential debate that occurred uh, yesterday, Thursday, October 22nd. And so, Olivia, the first question I just have for you is, what was the big moment that stuck out to you for the debate? What is something that Americans are going to be really focusing on? And just when you were viewing it last night, what was just what stayed with you up until today? Well, I think one of the biggest statements that was made was about, you know, Biden's making statements about his plans for the um, environment and our future economy, looking at that in that debate. I think there was some solid um, debate between those two in their differentiating ideas, but I think that especially younger voters are interested more in those environmental policies. Definitely. And one big sort of, not controversy, I guess I would say, but something that has been very adamant about the Biden campaign, he's been saying things, you know, unity over division, build back better. He talks about being the president for all Americans, whether they are Democrats, Republicans, independents, whatever. So I know many on, you know, the further left are sort of initially were a little angry with Biden's comments, especially because obviously people for, you know, things like the Green New Deal, so more progressive left people are, are very much against fracking. Biden yesterday was sort of kind of have to make himself like this moderate. But the one big thing, because you did mention this, he talked about how he didn't want to subsidize the oil industry anymore. He talks about how going forward, America needs to get away from oil, needs to get to renewable energy, hydroelectric energy, you know, windmills, all this. And Trump mockingly was saying, oh, that's a big statement. That's a big statement. And Trump is right to say, oh, voters in Pennsylvania, voters in, in Ohio, excuse me, need to think about that. So do you think by Joe Biden making that statement about the move away from the oil industry, that's going to impact his sort of his momentum in those fairly battleground states, especially mm -hmm. Pennsylvania? I think in Pennsylvania, it could be a little um, scary because Biden also made it a point that he represented the middle class, the people who are not big billionaires. Um, and a lot of the people who are, you know, kind of scared of that and working in those industries as middle and middle class workers, they would be affected by it. However, I think that there is some contradiction in that where Trump, you know, kind of has built himself on the I'm a successful businessman. And during the debate, um, they both tried to, like, poke at each other with corruption. So I do believe that um, there's a high possibility that Trump has some personal connections in trying to support that uh, oil industry. And I think that Biden... He also didn't just say that he wanted to eliminate the oil industry or just at least decrease it in the U.S., but he also wants to increase like solar and um, wind energy jobs, which are always an option in states like Pennsylvania. That could be an option. Exactly. And you mentioned this sort of connecting back to the whole how Biden views the oil industry. The one key factor that everyone kind of needs to remember is during the Obama administration, this was a big thing with uh, Barack Obama as president, he subsidized many green energy, renewable energy, solar panel companies, and there's a subsidy for Americans buying electric cars, really trying to build us 
to that. And what you say, obviously, when it comes to Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she obviously introduced the Green New Deal, something Biden has consistently stated he does not support. He supports a Biden climate plan, which she actually has helped with. And she was brought up at the debate last night by President Donald Trump as well. The one thing she always says is when you are doing this sort of Green New Deal, when you are crafting a climate plan, AOC has been very adamant about bringing coal miners to the table, about bringing people from the oil industry to the table. Do you think that Biden kind of needs to put that message across more? Because personally, when I was doing the debate yesterday, Trump really did have a point by saying, oh, a lot of these workers in these in rural American states, many of which rely on coal mining and you know just the oil industry in general, the gas industry, do you think that Biden needs to sort of make it clear that he is going to still be thinking about people working in oil, gas, and coal going forward into a green energy economy. Do you think Biden was not adamant enough on that message? I don't think that he, he definitely made it um, sound like he wanted to eliminate most, if not all of that industry in the U.S. So if it is his goal to make it a point that there should be more of those coal miners at the table for those discussions, then he needs to do a better job of that. However, I do think that um, maybe it shouldn't just be focusing on how can we still help coal miners because that kind of field, especially for the middle um, class people who are just kind of having to get by on that, those people can kind of easily switch their resources to be able to work at new places like wind or solar plants. However, the people that would suffer from those switches would be the owners of those um, facilities, which are the people that um, Trump seems to be supporting more. Exactly. And so sort of getting off of environment and climate, which is something that was talked about a little bit at the debate, definitely not one of Donald Trump's strong points to talk about, considering the fact that he's consistently called climate change a hoax. Getting off to, let's just talk about the beginning of the debate. So one thing stuck out to me right away. The two candidates were introduced. They're walking out onto the stage. Donald Trump, recently recovering from a COVID-19 diagnosis, was not wearing a mask. Joe Biden came out actually wearing one, and then he took it off when he got to his podium. What sort of message there do you, just about the pandemic in general, just seeing that image of one candidate wearing a mask, one not. For you, what does that say about the the politicization of mask wearing and just how the two candidates think of the pandemic as an issue in general? Well, I think it's clear to any American that Trump doesn't. He even said that you should not let this um, virus dominate you. So I think it's clear to him and people who support him that um, he just doesn't take it as seriously. And while Biden's trying to, so Biden's perspective on it is more on we need to be safe now so that we can open up later. But Trump, um, even during their debate, he was saying how we need to just open up now without like plexiglass or anything, because we're not going to have a country if we continue like this, where Biden's point is that we aren't going to have a country if we don't do this now. Exactly. And this was a big issue. One of the whole, obviously, topics was the pandemic in general. Definitely want to talk about this and the debate, just sort of the debate system as a whole. It was much more civil yesterday. The first Democratic debate 
sorry, the first presidential debate was just a mess. Every everyone thought that this one was much more civil. People weren't, you know, just totally disgusted after it this time. There was actual conversation going on between the two candidates. And talking about the pandemic, one thing where I say Trump actually kind of brought his game yesterday, considering every debate that I've ever seen him in, starting in the 2016 Republican primary debates, his presidential debates with Hillary Clinton, and then the debates that he's had now. Yesterday was, in my view, one of his best performances ever, while he definitely was still rambling on, doing his, you know, Trump tactic of getting off topic, not focusing on issues, not talking about policy, because, you know, frankly, he doesn't have any. But when it comes to debate performance in general, I felt that he was addressing many questions he actually tried to address. He was, since his mic was muted, but he still didn't try to speak over his time. He did try and really kind of have a conversation. One thing, and it was a very good point he did bring up. So Joe Biden, when he talks about the pandemic, he talks about everything Trump did wrong. He had the information in January. He didn't do it. He doesn't wear a mask. He opened up. The, he had to. The, sh the economy had to shut down because of his inadequate uh, addressing of it in the first place. So Biden keeps talking about the past, what he did wrong, whatever. And then Trump kind of points to him. Well, what what's your plan forward? Mm -hmm. So while Trump, personally, I don't think has any right to be saying these things to Joe Biden, considering yeah. he doesn't have a plan going forward. Do you think Joe Biden is not? vocal enough about his plan forward on the pandemic and rather he keeps trying to attack Trump on what he did wrong and why do you think that's a problem well I think that Biden in him trying to point what was wrong with uh Trump's policies at the time where especially in like March and April he said like and in July he said oh Trump kept promising that we're going to open up sooner but that never happened well a lot of the stuff about the pandemic just wasn't known by then where many people didn't know what was going on um however you can now see how like South Korea has been a lot more open now because they were on such strict lockdown i think that um Biden does have a point in where uh, stuff could have happened earlier, and if we are acting like more strict now, then there's a better possibility of opening up the economy. But I do think that Biden needs to. I think he's too busy trying to be moderate and find a middle ground between voters that he's not like pushing for his own policies. Right, and you, you did mention Biden is trying too hard to be moderate as everyone knows Biden, even during the Democratic primaries, Biden is not an attacking person. And frankly, one of the reasons, because he's he's tried to run for president before, right? He's tried again and again and again. This is finally, he finally won the nomination this time. One big problem with Joe Biden that a lot of people don't understand is, yeah, he's a very nice guy and he's not one to attack, which frankly, when you're kind of competing for that nomination, there is a lot of attacking involved. It's one of the reasons he struggled to get ahead in past Democratic primaries. In the 2020 primary, he never really did any attacking. And frankly, the nomination was kind of handed to him because of obviously what happened on Super Tuesday with Klobuchar and Buttigieg dropping out of the race and endorsing him. Joe Biden is not an attacking candidate. So he, he's obviously been attacking Trump, but in my view, he's not doing it as much as he should be. And another question I sort of have for you, about Joe Biden sort of just debating in general, when it comes to the pandemic, he isn't 
attacking in the right ways. And frankly, when I watch the debates, I don't know if this is the same for you. I hear the what what he could say. Like Trump says something, and I could hear the response that Joe Biden can give, and he doesn't say it. And it kind of it, it, it kind of makes me angry. Where I'm like, if you said this, it would be not only would it get a lot of buzz, it would also just be very accurate. One example I like to bring up from yesterday was how Donald Trump was just like, oh, Joe, I ran because of you, because of how terrible of a job President Barack Obama did. Biden could have easily clapped back at him and was like, well, I'm running because of you, because as Joe Biden said, he got into the race after what happened when Trump said, oh, there's good people on both sides. There's just a lot of different things where I think Biden can push back more. And how do you think that's going to affect his performance going forward, the fact that he is too much of a nice guy? Well, I think that a reason Trump won in 2016 was because he got voters excited. You know, people wanted a change and he was like, I'm different. So obviously I'm going to bring a difference in America. Um, But what many voters have learned during his presidency, um, they don't like how radical he can be at times. So now Biden's just kind of been put forth by the Democratic Party to be like, hey, he's not as radical as maybe like Bernie or um, Warren was, but, um, you know, he is definitely there to kind of earn that older, um, morally conservative um, vote, which Trump has kind of been losing his ground with. So, yeah. Yeah. And I guess... Another sort of thing I wanted to mention was with Trump, He this was kind of a big moment that was talked about yesterday. He's been saying it a lot recently in the past couple of weeks, how he's not a politician. And he kept calling out things Joe Biden was saying, saying, oh, that that's how politicians talk. Especially Trump kept trying to bring up, you know, the Hunter Biden scandal with the laptop and the money that he had with, you know, Ukraine and Russia, whatever. And... Biden kept trying to get off of it and sort of getting to the issues that, you know, more Americans think about the pandemic, unemployment, whatever. So Trump kept pointing out, I'm not a politician. That's why I ran. You're a politician, Joe, blah, 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 blah. Do you think that 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 message definitely worked in 2016? Because 2016 was sort of an awakening period where people, and it's still happening now, where people are sort of starting to go, oh, you know what? Like, screw these politicians that have been there forever. Look what they're doing to this country. Even somebody like uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's election in 2018 was because she was a non-career politician. They were starting to get elected in droves to the United States Congress, which, frankly, I think is a good thing, but others disagree. So do you think that Trump's message now, sort of constantly trying to push, I'm not a politician, do you think it's working for him? For him personally, um, just in my opinion, I think that, you know, because he went in as like, I'm not a politician. He's kind of implemented his businessman ideals um, in a way where he's trying to make politics a business for himself. Like he's, um, there's been scandals with like Russia and stuff and how, um, you know, even before his election, I think there is his casino and Chris Christie kind of going down where there's a lot of just corruption there. I think that the idea of a non-career politician was, um, was attractive because they, you would think that they wouldn't have their own personal gains in mind. However, I think that Trump has shown that he has only himself 
first rather than like AOC who is kind of trying to show like, oh, because I'm not a politician, I'm putting the people first. Right. That is the stark difference between what career politicians are, frankly. And another thing I wanted to bring up was obviously we should talk about the Hunter Biden scandal. Trump is trying to, same thing he did with emails in 2016, trying to get this to stick too. There is some merit to this though, where yeah, because of Joe Biden's position as vice president of the United States, Hunter Biden was able to get this job at Burisma. It's a matter of fact, this is why it's funny Trump keeps bringing this up because he got impeached over this sort of fascination he has with Hunter Biden's business in Ukraine. But the one thing I do have to sort of talk about is there's a little bit of merit to it where because of Joe Biden's influence, his son was able to get a job. But personally, and I'm curious if you agree with this, I thought that was so hypocritical coming from Trump, and I don't understand why Biden doesn't push back on it, where it's like, Ivanka Ivanka Trump is literally on the White House payroll. Jared Kushner is one of the most powerful men in the White House. Chris Christ, Those are Chris Christie's own words. He says, besides the president, Jared Kushner is the most powerful man in the White House. Um, and you even talk about just Eric... Trump and Donald Trump Jr., they sit on the boards of the Trump organization because of their father. Do you think it's hypocritical for Trump to be calling these claims on Biden about his family benefits with his position, seeing how much the Trump family itself benefits as well? Well, obviously, I agree. Like, you know, you don't just appoint your kids to, like, those positions of high power, you know, but that's just obvious corruption there. Exactly. And would you sort of building off of this, do you think that it should be something Joe Biden does talk about? Because as you said, it is wrong. And while obviously there are a multitude of different reasons as to why some may think Biden should win or Trump should win, do you think that going forward, Biden actually in a Biden presidency should make sure that his influence is not benefiting his family? I think that politicians might say that they're going to do that, but they won't. Um, And even if he says that it's going to happen, then, you know, like his kids will still like go after jobs. Like nothing can really stop that from happening. Like you can't just disassociate their father from them. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Right. And sort of uh, starting to wrap this up a little bit. The last question asked at the debate by the moderator last night, she gave one minute each to President Trump and former Vice President Biden, asked them, imagine that yesterday was their inauguration day. What would they say to Americans that did not vote for him? Which I think is just a phenomenal question. I think one of our biggest problems with American politics right now is the partisanship, the non-civility that has just totally just blown away from what used to be fairly civil politics. It's, and especially with the election of Donald Trump, he definitely has shown that he does not really care about unity. He kind of cares about benefiting his own party, his own interests. So we heard the two. Donald Trump sort of went on this tangent about, it was really just very partisan, talked about how Joe Biden is corrupt. He talked about his hatred towards the former vice president. And then Joe Biden started out his saying, like, I'm going to be a president for all Americans. I'm all about you know, coming together 
And Joe Biden, he has all these endorsements from very prominent conservatives and Republicans across the country. You have former Ohio Governor John Kasich endorsing him, uh, the widow of former Senator John McCain. Cindy McCain endorsed him, these very staunch conservative Republicans. You have Mitt Romney, who didn't endorse him, but he said he did not vote for Trump this year. Whether or not he voted for Biden is unknown, but you know that Mitt Romney did not vote for Donald Trump. So you have all these Republicans going against him. And as a matter of fact, it was reported earlier this week that Joe Biden's transition team on his campaign has, as a matter of fact, started vetting Republicans for possible cabinet positions. So this is hinting at like a bipartisan administration, et cetera, et cetera. So just with those two messages, what do you think resonated with voters? And what do you think it just kind of says about the character of the two candidates? Well, I just think it's a very bold move, like whether you're a Republican or Democrat to kind of go against your party as a whole, um, because it shows that you're not looking for necessarily your own self-interest in your career in politics, but you're looking for the better interest of voters. Um, So I think that just the fact that Republicans are going against Trump, um, it shows that obviously you need to take a better look at this than just, am I Republican or Democratic? Right. It's been a big adamant thing. They talk about country over party. And Joe Biden has mm-hmm. very much hinted at a single term presidency. He, I believe he'll be 78 years old on inauguration day if he were to win, making him the oldest president ever to serve in American history. By the time a re-election came around, he'd be close to 82 years old, which is just in my, in my view, in most Americans' views, absurd to assume that somebody at that age is in a able enough position to be the president of the United States, considering the taxing role it has. So he's very much hinted at a single-term presidency. He won't run again in 2024. Do you think that the next four years, assuming that Joe Biden wins on November 3rd, do you think that these next four years is not really going to be a year of ideas and more or less just a year of recovery? Oh, for sure. I think it's just going to be recovery, pretty much. Um, Like, he's just going to be repealing things that Trump put into place, as he said during the debate, especially on immigration policies. Um, It's not really going to be moving forward, especially at where the economy is. It's just not going to be, like, a big bounce up as much as just coming back to hopefully closer to where we were before the whole pandemic hit. Right. And so do you think, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? So Democrats, they currently have a majority in the house. Most polls are saying that they're going to be keeping the house of representatives, despite what president Trump was saying at the debate yesterday. They have a, especially with polls being seen in Maine, South Carolina, Arizona, Colorado, there's a very good chance that Democrats will be able to take back a majority in the Senate. And, as polls have been showing, they will be probably taking back the White House, too. So many are fearing, oh, this is going to be sort of a Democratic sort of just overtake of the Washington political establishment. But do you think that more congressional Democrats are not going to be on the same page as the Joe Biden administration in the sense that I feel that congressional Democrats are going to be very much focused on like healthcare, all these different policies that they're trying to push forward. And then do you think that the Biden administration is sort of just going to be like, no, no, no. 
That's an interesting question. Well, I think that if the Democrats win the Senate, then things will move a lot faster and more stuff will be happening than if the Republicans keep the Senate. Um, I do think that, well, since Biden isn't planning on running for re-election, I think that there will be a lot less kind of fear of what the voters will say so much and like how kind of controversial can I be. So I think that a lot more will move faster mm-hmm. if it's going to be all one party kind of across right. those branches. So, and I guess finish this off towards the end, just the one little question I have where you're kind of looking forward. 2020, we are, you know, within less than two weeks before the election. So it's always fun to think about what comes next. 2024, Joe Biden is not going to run when it comes to just the two primaries that are going to be happening, because in that one, since Joe Biden will not be running, it's what is pretty much assumed and what he stated. It'll be two non-incumbency primaries. So pretty much something we haven't seen since 2016. It'll be interesting. What do you think the Democratic Party is going to kind of run on? And what do you think the Republican Party is going to sort of run on? So what I'm sort of asking is, do you think Democrats are going to primary or do you think they're going to kind of stay off to the sides and let Kamala Harris be the nominee since she will be the vice president and then when it comes to the Republican Party there have been talks about Mike Pence running regardless of how this election goes but then there have been talks of wanting more people like you know Mitt Romney possibly to even run again sort of more your typical moderate Republicans or even John Kasich your typical moderate Republicans that kind of because the party's gone completely different into like this whole Trump era What do you think the two primaries are going to look like come 2024? Well, I do think that the um, Democratic Party is going to push forward Kamala Harris, regardless whether I support her or not. I just think um, by putting her in that position as vice president, um, she is going to be that top person um, in line. And as far as Republicans, um, well, since they've kind of given their go at like a radical businessman uh, figure, I think that if he doesn't win this election, they're definitely going to look for another new change. So maybe not someone as moderate as me, because that's just not the way either primary is going. Um, just someone probably, I think both of them would benefit from looking for a younger um, I agree. Running person, yeah. Because that would get voters excited. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And so Kamala Harris, come 2024, we can't sort of just ignore this. She's going to be the front runner. It's <laughs> Joe Biden was the mm-hmm. front runner this year. You know she's going to. She'll be the vice president at the time. Based on how the Biden administration goes, who knows? But in terms of the Democratic Party, she's going to just be seen as that next in line candidate. People are obviously going to be very excited from the standpoint of, you know, Kamala. For one, she's barely been in politics for a while. Many people forget this. She was only elected to the Senate in like 2017, right? So she hasn't Mm -hmm. really been in politics for a crazy long time. Obviously, she was attorney general and a prosecutor. Uh, Attorney General of California, and now she'll probably be the vice president, granted she wins. Do you think, as you said, you don't know if you'd support her or not, do you think Democrats should still hold a primary? Because it might show a little theme of disunity, which is what could be seen as dangerous, but do you think someone, many are saying AOC should run in 2024, 
but then there's also, you know, rising stars such as Pete Buttigieg. People think that he should give a run again. What What do you say about a possible Democratic primary come 2024? Like, I think that there should be a primary. Um, as far as who's going to win, I think that Democrats have always kind of struggled with choosing to go kind of moderate, like basically choosing. I think that a conflict that many voters have is voting for the person that they think is going to beat the other party or choosing who they want to win. I think that's a huge thing that Democrats struggled with in this year's primary. Definitely, because it all goes back to that sort of broad made up term electability, where Mm -hmm. many people, for one, some people argue, oh, who you want to win and who you think can win are the same person. Many disagree. So for instance, taking candidates such as Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren, there were many people, this was a phenomenon seen all over the country during the Democratic primary, where many were very passionate about Elizabeth Warren's candidacy. They liked uh, her policies. They liked how, you know, to the detail she was on her different plans, whatever. But then many voted for Joe Biden because they say, oh, honestly, I think he's the only one that could beat Donald Trump. So in terms of electability, I definitely agree with you on how that primary will look. Well, thanks so much, Olivia. This was great. And if you want to hear another Prospector political podcast, just make sure to stay tuned on prospectornow.com and look under the opinion section for the rest of the Prospector political published collection. Thanks for listening.